Fuck a love la ya too happy new way in language week so malo and Evie we're doing the tahi this 19th of October 2023 just in case we know what year was feel a lot like summer, Evie. Starting to feel a lot like summer. Starting to feel pretty stressful about the outfits. I Ooh. had to bring the fan out of storage yesterday afternoon. I bought another fan because I don't know if it was just an Auckland-centric thing, but there was a uh, fan apocalypse a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was there for that. It was Oh, it was during thing. COVID, eh? Yeah, yeah and I there were just that. no. There were no fans. I almost passed away. It like, was I, tough. I met God. Yeah. Without, there was no fans. And then I'm like, there were no fans at the Kmart's. There were no fans at the warehouse. And I was calling my friends in Wellington like, yo, can you try ship me a fan? Yeah. Yeah, got one in the end. Nice. It good though. Yeah, no. Sometimes, you know what I like? Uh, I like to go to a hardware store and buy those industrial like paint fume clearing fans. Oh, just... They're super loud. But dude, do you want to just like turn into a popsicle? Oh, those fans will do it to you. Little bags of ice hanging over the front of the fan. Yeah, they're that, desperate. I've never done that, but I heard it works. It does work. It does work. But then you just have to deal with a bag of water on your fan like 20 minutes later. I, I really want to just like earn enough money and save some away and, and put air conditioning in my bedroom. Oh. I know some people are real anti it, but I just, I really like the idea yeah. of just always being at a comfortable climate. This brings me back to the space thing, but the billionaires going to space. We're sitting here talking about, we just want aircon in our room. We yeah. just want to be temperate in our bedrooms. Mm. And these guys? We're going to space. Oh, I'm going to space. Get Why over don't it. you in climate change and then we don't need air conditioning? I right? know. Imagine. 21 oh. degrees in October? Pushing it, mate. Pushing it. Coming up on the show today, we have a ton of stuff to recap. Um, some of the things New Zealand has the most of coming yeah, up later per on. Yeah, capita. Uh, we've got some illustrious guests joining us very shortly. Um, what else do we have? It's been a busy week. I, I do apologise. It's been. No, it has been a busy week, and also like the news is not good at the moment. Everybody, yeah. like Fano, it's okay. The news is not great worldwide. We're here to just be chill about it. So don't worry about that. We're not touching the news. We're this just is, hanging out. This is your man. one escape, all yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, let's kick things off. Um, I was very grateful to catch up with a North Shore born and raised. Uh, however, he is now in Australia, but he's, he was over here for a little bit. <laughs> Still comes. Um, the incredibly talented Juwan. Keep it fresh here on the Tahi. I am joined in the studio by an illustrious guest, an artist who I have admired for a long, long time and recently has really taken a new direction, breathed some fresh air into his career. Korea, um, jumping back and forth between here in Aotearoa and across the ditch in Australia, we have the North Shore representer, Juwan. How's yeah. it going, Ace? Shut up, brother. That was a mean intro. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been a big trip. fan of you for a while, man. Like, Because at oh. New, you'd know, at New Fem, yeah. we, we, we played a lot of your music over oh, the years. Yeah. And um, I, I remember when I first found out that you were from the shore and having grown up in Glenfield, like, and you know what I mean, like, we didn't have a ton of rappers coming out of our community. Yeah. Like, I mean, we got... Pioneers like Rizvan, and, and and nowadays we got a few more artists, but I think you were one of the earlier ones where I heard rapping on a record about, like, just North Coast Beach Haven, and I was just yeah. like, bro, that's so cool to Shut hear, up. man. Um, you, like I was mentioning, have taken a big new direction compared to some of that music that you sort of were making the last couple years. Um, I feel like this year you've taken a real, like, roots approach to hip-hop. This real authentic, 
lyric like you used to do with your Facebook yeah, um, yeah. bars and things like that. What sort of breathed you into changing that approach to music? I think with the roots type of music, I feel like growing up, you know, I had I had gangsters around me and stuff like that and hustlers around me, but I I wasn't really a gangster, you know. So with the everyone around me that wanted to rap, they wanted to rap gangster stuff, and you know mm -hmm. I wasn't like that as a person. So you know I I could I could have went on tracks and lied as much as I wanted to about being hard and stuff like that, but in my nature as a Maori Samoan, you know, raised in Beachhaven and in Logan and Gold Coast, you know, it was like I, I can't do that. You know, I'm not that type of person. You mm -hmm. know, I'm the type that. I'm the type that tells the boys like, no, nah, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, when it comes to the music, I think getting signed to Forever Ever Records and being under um, Howie, I think he sort of because he's big on that as well. So mm. when when we um sort of met in that, it just took it off like to the next level, mm. you know. And we always make every song like the point of, and he will always tell me this all the time. He'll be like, "What's it for? You know, does it have a reason?" You know, as, or you're just making it just because you think it's going to get, you know, some streams or something like that. Because, you know, I've sent him some demos and he's been like, nah, that's not it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've sent him some stuff where I'm trying to be like, you know, a bit different or mm. lent a little bit towards the mainstream sort of sound. And he's been like, I like it, but I think I'd, I'd like it if it was someone else doing it. But I feel like with you, you, you know, he holds me at a different sort of standard. Mm. But. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, what's that? I mean, shout out to Howie. He is yeah, somebody no. who I think like, I really respect and admire for what he's done for our Pacifica community, not only in Australia, but I think the influence he's had over here too. Yep. What's it been like working with him? He's he's next level way. Yeah. You know, um, I always trust in his vision, mm. you know, and even um, growing up and doing my own thing for a while and being independent for so long, when he says something, even if I, we don't see eye to eye to it, I might bring it up, but I still trust in his vision more than I trust him. Um, not more than I trust in my own, but... If there's something I might disagree with, I'll still try it because I respect him so much, mm. you know. And and then if we try it, and he's like, "Do you like it?" And I'm, I'm like, "Nah." It's like at least we tried it, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, under him, bro, he's he's a big role model, mm. you know. And I see the respect that everyone else gives gives him as well. A lot of other artists in Australia, and that when they talk about him, and nah, yeah, it just makes me respect him even more, you know. Mm. He's he's like a big brother. Mm. Mm. Yeah, man. Seeing um. When I saw that you were working with him, I was like, that's exciting, bro. Like, that's really cool. And then hearing the records that you were creating. And by the way, I just want to note, like, the quality of the mixing and mastering, bro, unreal. Okay. It's so tight. The, the, these records sound tight, bro. Like, um, yeah, I, I, it's been really cool seeing this approach you're taking to music. I'm curious, too, because you have been jumping. You're one of the few artists that I think jumps between Australia and Aotearoa. Yeah. I think a lot of artists, like, either grow up here and then move to Oz and that's it. But you going back and forth, what do you think is the... What are some of the differences between, like, say, the Busfika music scene here and the Busfika music scene there? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I feel like with here, even being in Australia, since I was going back and forth, when I was growing up in Australia, I always used to look at the music back here and be inspired by it, you know, and I think a lot of other people were too. Pacifico over there, we used to look back in New Zealand and the artists over here, like, you know, Sid Diamond and... Um, Mellow Downs, you know, Tom Scott and all of them, and we used to be like, bro, these guys are crazy. We still are like that. I'm not saying that it's not like that now, but mm. I feel like with recent stuff, even with One Four and that coming out and sort of changing the lane for Pacifica people, I feel like at the moment I was talking to some um, artists over there, I was saying, 
do you guys think that that's the moment that it switched where we sort of started being more proud of our own? Mm. You know what I mean? Because I was born in Australia too. As much as I love New Zealand and I mm. and I'm and I'm valley on hard, you know, but there's still a part of me, like a big part of me, that's Australian, you mm. know. So when we um, when we're talking about it, it's like, man, we, we'll look up to the artists here, and then now when one foreign artist like that came out, now we actually have something to be proud about, mm. you know. And I feel like when you come here, there's much more um, love for the hip hop culture, I reckon. Mm. Like, um, trip hop, like we were talking about with Rizvan and that, you know, yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, there isn't too much over in Australia. There might be a lot of artists in Australia, but a lot of them are still trying to find their find their sound and, mm. you know, sort of find their roots where, you know, a lot of it is, and I know a lot of people would see it, a lot of it is just more copying sort of styles. Mm. You know, like, I remember when 1-4 came out, everyone wanted to be a 1-4. You know, yeah, bro. I call, I've <laughs> talked to a few boys about that. Like the influence that it seemed to have on the entire Australian music scene, especially yeah. in hip hop. Like everyone was like, "I guess that's what it takes." Is yep. I got to make a drill record. What yeah, about bro. you? Was that were you um, even? Did you consider it at any point? I, I yeah, I made I made some. I featured on some. The the thing with the thing with me and, and being the, the rapper that doesn't really make drill music, mm. it's, it's sort of good to like just feature on it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah fair like, enough. You know, if they wanted to get me on, and you know, I won't be on there like rapping about you know all the all the drill stuff, mm. but like you know, I like I'm, I'm a I'm a rapper's rapper. You know, like I, I just love pushing myself. If mm. there's anything, you could put me on a siren beat, and I'm gonna try something. You know? Shouting the sword, right? Yeah, like, hard, yeah, hard. yeah. It's, I think that's something I, I I will always elevate you above the rest is having that ability to try new things and and, sure and just be able to put that on the resume, bro. I think what I I mean, like, I feel like New Zealand had a real identity crisis over the last couple of years, mm. or maybe even since its birth here. I feel like we've always been trying to figure out what our sound is, yep. and I feel like it's only recently that like New Zealand has started to find its rhythm and find this place and be like, this is this is. New Zealand hip hop, yep. and you guys are probably just starting to get into that early stage of trying to figure out what yeah, Australian uh, hip hop is. Eh? Like, yep. do you do you sort of think there's an artist in particular from Australia that you think embodies Australian hip hop really well? Oh, that's yeah, that's, that's a tough one. We've got um, there's there's heaps, man. There's mm. um, there's a dude chilling it. I don't know if you've heard. Of chilling yeah, it. yeah, yeah, chilling. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's pretty mean. Mm. He, he reminds me of like. All the Aussie bros that I went to school with, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's why I think he, he does pretty good with it. Mm. And I feel like for our side, maybe not all of our side, but one four, you know, because a lot of our people, I, I split them up into two separate types of people: uh, the people that were in the streets, and then the people that played rugby. And some were both, but you know, it was more so like that. And then that's that's the main two types that I see mm. in Australia. So you got the ones that were always in the streets, we gravitate more towards one four and that. Mm. Whereas the ones that played more rugby and stuff like that, it was more towards Lissy. Mm. You know, so yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I sort of separate the two. You mm. know, with the there's a lot of talks about um gun violence and and, and knife violence and stuff like mm. that. And I feel like those two sides would debate about it all the time and, mm. and being from like outside perspective I used to watch it and I used to be like Sometimes people that haven't been, what's it called, been through the experience of mm. street life or anything like that, I feel like they shouldn't have an opinion on, on you know, weapons and stuff like that and yeah. people fighting for their life, you know? Yeah. But it's the same, the opposite way as well. I don't think, you know, people in the street life can call um, people that play rugby, you know, like, not hearty or whatever because, you know, they just grow up differently, different mm. experiences. 
Yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a rap. No, 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 no. I get, I get. It's it's these two different categories of of, of these two different experiences okay. that are represented in music, and I get what you're yep. saying because like um, they 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 although they're in that same genre, they tell vastly different stories. Yeah, yep. but they think they're both relatable to Young Pasifika yeah, on certain sides. So I get what you're saying, man. Like um, I definitely something that I really appreciate about the Australian music scene is that you guys are really comfortable rapping in your own accents. Oh, something yeah. that I think. New Zealanders are still battling with. I yeah. see a lot of young Getting artists still. Way. Yeah, bro. I yeah. see a lot of new artists still coming through and trying to rap with like an American accent. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, eh, come on, man. Like, it's not that, you know. But I feel like every artist has done it, right? Yeah. Like, it's like one of the first things you do when you get into hip hop. You're like, oh, yeah, I need definitely. That. Like, yeah. yeah. What was it? Was it? Was it how, like, what was that transition to you for, like, just being like, oh, no, I'm just going to be myself on yeah. that record? Um, bro, actually, um, I've bounced. That's like like how I lived in Australia, and New Zealand. I actually bounced through accents. So mm. when I first started rapping, I think I was like twelve, thirteen, or something, mm. and then I ended up um, rapping an American accent. And then when I started making music, it was actually over here. I started making music with like you know just the boys around around the hood and that. Mm. And then I ended up using my own accent. But mm. you know this was this was ages ago. This would have been I, don't, I think we were like fifteen or something. Mm. I remember I'd show the boys. They'll be like, this is whack ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, Bro, what is that? They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, no, nah, you, you reckon? And then, you know, they didn't like it. So letting people around you influence sort of the sound, you know, because that's all we are. We're all influences of the people around us and experiences. Mm-hmm. And I, I changed back. And then after that, I think it was, honestly, it was after 1-4 in that and Sid Diamond in that. You know, because I think Sid Diamond would put up videos, you know, how when he changed back to his, his normal accent, he yeah, sort of found yeah. himself. He used to put up videos and be like, why are you rapping like that? True, like, <laughs> hey, like, why am I rapping like that? But mm. it's like, it's second nature. A lot of us start off like that. Mm. And the thing where I'm at now and, and Howard talks about it all the time too, we say, you know, when you haven't, uh, I know it's everyone that raps in an American accent, you know, how big America is compared to down here. And how much rappers there are in America, you're you're in a lot of competition using an American accent. You know, mm. with people that can speak American better than you because they're American. Yeah. And people that can, a lot of them can actually rap better and and sound. Well, maybe not rap better. Nah, nah. Sorry, I take that back. Yeah. <laughs> not rap better. I I still think down in New Zealand and Australia, are the mm. best rappers in the world. But mm. just in terms of sounding American, they can do it better. Mm. You know. So why not just stick to your own accent where the competition isn't that isn't like as vast as mm. America and being yourself but you know at the same time to counter that I know all, like heaps of my homies over here that talk in American accents you know <laughs> like they talk like that because it's the influence eh? yeah bro my niece she's like four and like I was talking to, I was talking to the team but you know like when we were kids we had like bananas and pajamas yeah, yeah, yeah. Australians you know yeah. so it was like closer to our accent my niece watches YouTube bro and all she watches is American, American stuff. stuff so now she's got yeah. like that American swing I'm like oh you little yeah Gee, you're Maori. Like, let's not be. You're raised in Auckland. You don't sound like. Yeah, yeah bro. It's interesting to see that influence. Like, I, I and I, I understand what you're saying. Like, big fish, small pond, right? Yeah. Like, yep. and I really do. Like, I, I like the sentiment you have because I think that down under here, we have some of the best lyricists. I think that we oh, create, produce some of the best hip hop. Yep. It's nice to see artists like One Four who I think are really talented lyrically. Yeah. Like getting the success that they deserve on an international level. And oh. I'm I'm hoping to see more of that for like our New Zealand artists. Cause I think um like Brandon Shiraz, um, Church and A P and things like oh, that. Yeah. Those are some artists from over here that just like bar for bar they are incredible. Yeah. I appreciate you 
taking the time to come and catch up with us, bro. Oh, um, um, I've been really enjoying the music that you've been releasing. I've been in contact with Howie about it. Like, I was like, yeah, bro. I've been, been hoping to get you on the show, and I'm really grateful you made the time, man. Um, I'm assuming that we probably have some more new music on the way at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, where can the listeners stay up to date with everything Juwan? Um, Juwan.music on Instagram. Um, I just started using TikTok a bit more because one yeah. of my videos on there went viral. So I, I think I think TikTok's the same same username, Juan mm. Music, and um, Facebook Juan Music. Yeah, yeah, it's all on that. And yeah, there's a lot of music coming. A lot of music coming. Yeah, me and me and Howard just been working on it, putting our head down, you know, waiting for the right time and staying consistent. This is the main thing. Me. Yeah. Uh, hey, shout out for you ever. Um, shout out Juan Howie. Thank you so much. I appreciate, I appreciate your time, you, brother. We're getting back into the show. Look, we may not be the biggest country hosting a population of... Are we at six or seven mil now? I think we're still five, man. Oh, no, no. I think we're closer to six now. I should have Googled this before Probably. we Probably. Look, it's it. irrelevant. Look, yeah. we may not have the biggest population, the biggest landmass. We may not have this. We may not have that. But I'll tell you what we do have. Evie? We've got the most of a lot of things per capita. Oh, per capita. Per capita is the key word. So okay. I'm thinking about the Olympics the next year. I think. Yeah, 2024, Olympics. I love the Olympics. I don't mm. understand most of the sports, but I like to watch them. And I like, like the trampolining, right, for example. It's like, who <laughs> knew we could do that as humans, like flip that high? I really enjoy it. I like the drama. And also there's a lot of medals and I love medals. Mm. And we always go like, well, we won per capita. And like as a nation, we get a bit barred up about it. We always win the rowing. Don't even try out row someone from New Zealand. Don't even bother. Time. We're gonna win. We win every time. And then what else we win? We did really well at trampolining, got like a bronze there, this, that, the other thing. And I was thinking, if we're winning the Olympics per capita, I'm sure we're winning a lot of other stuff per capita. Mm. We are. And it's not the things that you'd expect. Are they good things though? It depends how you look at them. Okay. So the first one is we have the most golf courses per capita in yeah, the did. world. I did know that. I did not know that. I've never played a game of golf in my life. Golf was the first sport I ever played. What? Yeah. I just never would have picked you as a golf guy. My but dad, now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, your dad. My would dad be, yeah. loved golf. Um, so it was like the first sport I played. But because of that, I know because like my dad's like one of those people who like um, will go like on golf t- trips. You know, like down the line or something wow, like that. Man. Oh. Yeah, there are so there and there are golf there like because you know like as New Zealanders we go, you hear a place name and you go. Why would you ever go there? Turns out there's a golf course there. Oh, there's no accommodation, so it's usually like a FIFO type of deal, like fly in, fly out just to play golf. But like, there's some crazy, like some of the best golf car- courses in the world are in New Zealand, and they're in just like the middle of nowhere. That's where they should be, though, right? Like, if like you, you do you not like the idea of a golf course being right next to the freeway? Yeah, that's a what li- it, like, it's I, like. We're every, thinking about the same yeah, one. Like, yeah, yeah. I like the idea of living life dangerously. Nah, it scares me, man. Um, there's I used to drive past this real cool golf course in the Haywards and like in between like Porirua and like Upper Hart and it's mean it's like kind of in the middle of nowhere but it's huge it's like bigger than like, it's like a compound of golf courses and little sure. little 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 houses and shit it's cool but mm. like I didn't know we had that many golf courses and as someone who's never golfed in my life I'm not sure that we need all of them mm. but we do have the most per capita in the world 
We also obviously have the most sheep per capita. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a... There's still 5.1 sheep for every person in, mm. in this country. Do you know that I wish we were suffering... In Australia, they're suffering from the same issue where they're having an overpopulation of sheep. And you can buy a whole sheep right now for like $7 in Australia yeah but it'd be an but Australian we sheep, don't yeah it wouldn't be New Zealand it wouldn't land. be New Zealand you know, land so what else are we leading in uh, okay right I started thinking we must have per capita like some really good rugby stats hmm. and then I was like we must have the most World Cup rugby World Cup wins we have three South Africa also has three that wasn't what I was hoping to hmm. learn on this day but it's just a fact it is true even though the All Blacks are the most successful sports team of all time hmm statistically, and uh, our women's rugby team are the most successful women's rugby team of all time as well. Pop off, course. Shout outs, girl. They beat England. Let's see if we can. Anyway, I digress. Um, although we have the same amount of World Cup wins as South Africa, we per capita have the most rugby World Cup winners in or from New Zealand at any given time. Per capita. Really? Per capita. Per capita. Because if you think about it, our population being either five, six, or seven million, and then uh, South Africa's population is like upwards of 20. Mm. I mean, per capita. We're pumping them out. Per capita, we're smashing everybody. Like, girl, I do have one more point. Okay. The only country that we need to beef with on our per capita basis mm. is Norway. And yeah. Because they have a similar population to us. They have way more they have way more medals at the Olympics than us. And they win stuff. And we have a similar, like, honestly, I think they should be our new rivals. Forget Australia. They've got way more people. Norway, similar um, geographical thing. They think they're the most beautiful country in the world. They aren't. It's us. Like, it's nice. The fjords are nice. It's all very lovely. But Desert we have Road. fjords too, and they're also nice. They, um, they're our competition. They also, it's like, they're always like, best like country, best place to live. Mm. It's always number one Norway, number two New Zealand. Mm. Most, like, best city in the world, number one Oslo, number two Auckland. And I, I think see. we need to rechannel some of our energy. I don't even think we need to worry about it, because, let's be real, when was the last time Norway won a war? Okay, well, you got me there. I do have a lot of fans in Norway, I just remembered as I started this. Forgot about all those Norwegian girls. Never seen them in the World Cup. Not the rugby one, at least. No, the rugby, yeah. Take that, Norway. You know, like, something that I've really... I feel like I'm looking forward to it. A midlife crisis. Oh, yeah, yours is going to be can't so good. Wait to, nah, but you know what? I've lived so much. I've lived so much life, you know? I've seen enough. I feel like it's not going to be, like, as... Like, well, there's not a lot... Like, I don't know. Nah, like, I don't yours, know what's there for me. But yours I is going to be so good. I am... Uh, I am excited about certain things. Uh, midlife crisis activities. Oh, yeah. Because when you reinvent yourself, right, you need to take up some new hobbies, experience some new thrills. Skydiving, you know, traveling the world. Bouldering. Oh, man, there's so many options to choose from. So I wanted to have a chat about our favorite midlife crisis activities. Like, what are some that you think... I mean, women don't seem to have the the large-scale issue of midlife crisis is that men do, I think. I think I feel like mm. I see it more with men. Yeah, it um, definitely. It's definitely... But I mean, like, would menopause be sort of the same? I think, um, I don't think that menopause and a midlife crisis are the same thing. 
So but like well, they kind of land around the same time, I don't, don't think they? That I don't think that that's appropriate. I don't think that that's the one. <laughs> I think I it's don't... not. It is not the same thing. Oh, okay, all right. It is not the same thing. Menopause is just a thing that happens to your body as you reach a certain age. Things change in your body. I think some people obviously deal with some mood swings and stuff like that. But like, don't I like, don't think you get like menopause an and then start crisis? like. Well, you know what a midlife crisis for women is, actually? What? You, this is, I'm going to do it, so I mean this in no offence to anyone, but she's getting into plastic surgery at a late stage. You see, you know those people? Oh, so that, that's a midlife crisis that, activity. It, I think it can be. Like, you see, like, you know, you're, you're sort of mid-50s, Ponsonby, mm. kind of bougie, Kelvin uh, woman, who maybe she got divorced, mm. maybe the kids all moved out, she's over it, and then there's a bunch of work done, but it's a late stage, so it's mm. a bit it's a bit jarring, but, like, that could be for it. It's not menopause related, though. But I think your midlife crisis is going to be real car-based. And I don't know what it's going to be. I think there's a couple different options that I'm seeing. I'm mm. seeing for you. Uh, one is sort of the Mike Hosking style blue jean and Ferrari. Don't you dare ever... Blue jean, Ferrari, or... The same or, <laughs> or... I think you could be one of those... Okay, like... One of those midlife crises where it all gets put on your older son. So maybe he's into driving oh. and you start like being his like manager for his like Formula One career, but you're like way too real about it. Mm. And the kid hits like 15 is like, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I'm not having fun. You're like, But you're talented. You're mm. the best driver there's ever been. And he's mm. like, No, I don't like it anymore, Dad. You'd be like, You're not my son. <laughs> possibility. I'm getting a bit carried away, but like that's the energy I think. I don't I don't see you as like a midlife crisis fly to Japan and climb Mount Fuji guy. Mm. I see you as a midlife crisis like cars in my life now like I spend my money on them. I'm, I Leave me alone. I'm in the garage working mm. on my car. Like that energy. What do you think? <laughs> I think I like grew up in a panel shop. Or I feel like I've already had a lot of car experiences, but I could definitely see myself be like, like owning an old Chevy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and just yeah. like weekends it's like i'm in the garage and i'm just i'm just looking at car parts i'm just like oh man so yeah i could see it i feel like also though i'd like to do like an extreme activity for like my midlife crisis i don't know but like 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 like, yeah oh no it's kind of like i've done like not I've, i've never dived off a cliff but i've dived off some high places yeah um i don't know start a secret family Oh, come on. <laughs> no more secret family. We need to do a Good super enough. cut on the show of every time we talked about secret family. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, who is leading this country? What is going on? Why are we still talking about the election? I know we feel your pain, but we do have some answers because you may see that nobody's able to actually directly report on who exactly is in government, and there is a reason for that, Evie. Well, National uh, have the mandate to lead. Like mm-hmm. they've got, um, they don't have enough seats to govern alone, though. Mm. So what's happening now is they have to form a coalition with either ACT or ACT and NZ first. Mm. So the reason they haven't been able to do that yet is because there are still hundreds of thousands of special votes that need to be counted. Mm. So a special vote is if you voted out of your electorate, if you're on a private roll. So that's like police officers and other politicians. Um, and there are a few electorates that the lead of who won the electorate is really small. Mm. So that could flip. Uh, when these special votes come through. And special votes, for whatever reason, tend to lean um, a little bit left historically in our last few elections. So 
people aren't really counting their their eggs before they've hatched sort mm-hmm. of scenario. Yeah. So at the moment, there would be enough for National and Act to form a coalition and uh, govern together, but some of those seats could be lost and they would need NZ First to come up with those numbers. Mm. So there's a few different ways that that could happen. It's a lot of meetings happening. Mm. Um, but depending on how these special votes go, they could sign a coalition agreement with all three parties, which means they will sit around cabinet together, they do everything together, they're in it together. Um, or they could do a um, like a supply um, agreement, which is basically, so that's what uh, Jacinda Ardern's Labour Party had with the Green Party, where they're not, fully a coalition because Labour didn't need any more seats to Mm. govern but they're like you'll vote yes on our stuff and you'll give us votes of confidence that we're a good government and usually in those agreements there's a couple policies that Mm. they might get so um, that's a possibility that could happen here is that if a few seats flip they need NZ first and act to form a coalition there might be some sort of agreement where um, some of the policies that NZ first want that national are against will go through in order to form a government. So we just have to wait around, like... I think the date that I heard was November 2nd, November 3rd, that they're expecting to have all these special votes in. Um, And you mentioning how the coalition and stuff like that worked at last election when Labour won the majority of seats. They had, like, what, 63? A ridiculous amount, yeah. Is the first time in 40 years that a government has been able to govern alone. Traditionally, a lot of governments are formed via coalitions in order to make up those numbers. So this is nothing new for the MMP system. Um, this is something that's been happening for a long time. So National uh, now just in the negotiating phase. We are still waiting for those special votes. But until those special votes come in, we cannot definitively say who our government is, how their government looks, and so forth. So if you're seeing in the media and you're like, why aren't they just saying it? It's because, like, legally, we, we no still... One no one knows. We, no one there's, knows. There's, there, there are some electorates that are very close. Um, I think New Lynn in particular is New one Lynn where... New Lynn and Te Aratua. Te is probably, I think, the closest. Mm. And that's a really, mm. really interesting electorate because mm. Te has been held by Labour for a really long time. Mm. Um, and... It flipped nationalist election like many other electorates, but it's so close. Mm. It's like hundreds of votes off. Same mm. in New Lynn. I think um, when I last checked New Lynn, it's uh, 130 votes between Labour and National. Oh, that's crazy! So it's a very tight. So as you can imagine, yeah. we need to make sure that the numbers are accurate. You will see those numbers roll out over the next couple of days. We will keep you posted. But until then, let's just chill, man. Just take a breath. Let's just chill. So, science has brought us some of the greatest advancements in our society. We do love and appreciate science. Love science. Shout out to science. One of science's greatest achievements as of recently was creating this incredible list of the 20 scariest movies, according to science. Yeah. Which I really love. I love that science was like science and two of my favorite things, science and movies. This classic Tahi where like science... Okay, it's about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> so the way that these scientists operated is that on this on this test is basically they had a bunch of these film goers rigged up and they tracked their BPM. They tracked their resting BPM, their height, uh, the highest BPM strike, the difference. Um, they took into account stress as well as scares and so forth and got us really down to the nitty-gritty of what is the scariest movie of all time. Now, like I said, there's 20 on here, but we're just going to start at 10, make it real easy. And at number 10, we have The Visit. I haven't N- seen that. Number 9 is The Descent. I haven't seen that either. Number 8, The Babadook. Oh, that I didn't find The Babadook very scary. 7, The Conjuring 2. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was scary. 6, It Follows. I haven't seen that one either. Oh, oh, yes. Wait, that's the STD one. Mm-hmm. That one was good. Number five, 
Now we're getting into some classics. Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that was scary. Number four, Hereditary. <gasps> oh, um, it's like beyond scary. It's just the most uncomfortable, like intense viewing experience ever. Like I watched that movie one time. That is enough times to have watched that movie. Great acting, though. Great acting. And at number three, the 2013 The Conjuring. <gasps> yeah. This had a resting BPM 65 and its highest BPM strike, 129 heartbeats per minute. Um, the guy who directs those, James Wan, mm. he is the new guest shark on Shark Tank this year. Really? Just thought I'd let you guys Very know. I'm really pumped about it. Well, he is actually responsible for our next film on the list, Insidious, and at number two. Insidious is so scary. 133 was the highest BPM strike, the 2011 classic film. That movie... Is so scary. I I watched it in a DVD room in Seoul with my friends, and they didn't speak great English, so I didn't really understand what was going on. I was terrified. Like I was like, "Get me out of this room." That movie was too scary for me. Way too scary for me. And in at number one, directed by Scott Derrickson, the 2012 Sinister, the scariest movie to release. The starred uh, is it Ethan Hawke? I don't. I haven't um, seen that one. This What's is a blur? resting BPM of sixty-five, a movie BPM of eighty-six, and the highest BPM strike of all one hundred and thirty-one. Uh, the film is a harrowing depiction of lies, deceit, and supernatural endeavors. Uh, the existence of a snuff film results in the death of a family, and he vows to solve the mystery. I'm probably explaining this film really bad, but. No, I, Sinister, you know I the one have, I'm talking about. I have about. seen no. that movie. Yeah. And what all I'm going to say is I do not recommend watching that movie. It's a tough. I actually, until you started taking the storyline, I realised I blocked that mm. out. I did, I like, I like scary movies, but like, I, I prefer like gory scary over like ghost scary because mm. I am afraid of the idea of a ghost. Mm. But um, what's the scariest movie like for you? Was that on that list or have you got another one? <sighs> I, that talk to me that came out recently was terrifying it was a great film i don't really get scared at movies but like if i was to say like creepy is probably the thing that gets me talk to me was very creepy Mm. um but i think the one that like stuck with me the most as a kid was um oh now i'm forgetting is it a it's the one where they there's like that town where they did a bunch of nuclear tests and they're all mutants. The Hills Have Eyes? Yeah. Okay, thank you for bringing that up because I have a whole thing about The Hills Have Eyes. I hate that movie. I hate that movie. I can't, like, I can't express how evil that movie is. Mm. First 20 minutes, the most horrific, horrific mm. acts take place. And it's not just gore, it's just every type of violence. Mm. Like, it is horrible. Mm. I couldn't get through the first like 20 minutes mm. and I was like I'm not watching this. I'm not watching anything where that's mm. the storyline. Um, it was like I can see it with my waking eyes. Mm. Screw that movie. Hate that movie. Hate that guy. I think the thing for me was it was just not um, supernatural stuff doesn't scare me as much as something that could potentially be real, right? Yeah, right. Like the um, what was the what's the other one with the um the inbred hick folk and ding 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 ding. Um, um, uh, I know which one you mean because that movie gave me like a I was it's quite old, right? It's like I think yeah, it's like not like we, super old. But we would have been young. Yeah, we would have because there was young. a movie about like spooky like hillbilly people, yeah. and it gave me a real like um. 
unrealistic fear of um, rural America. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> That's it, what it, it did for me. It gave like... me this, and it was just like, and I'd see them on TV, like talking about mm. something, and I'd be like, <gasps> Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's like that's not okay. Like, I don't know these people. I'm sure they're good people. I don't know. But it did but, give me like yeah. a genuine concern. Like, I was like inbreds. Yeah, I'm scared of Ohio. Seems, yeah. Like, I was like, I'm not going out there. You know, like, but it, I'd never go to Kentucky. Like, but... yeah, it just it, it really yeah. unreasonable yeah. fear yeah. there. No, so the, the, that that is uh, our personal, some of our personal scariest ones, but in particular, the scariest films of all time, according to science. Last night. Uh, Creative New Zealand held the award ceremony for the Arts Pacifica Awards for 2023. It's an awesome award ceremony that celebrates contributions across the art spectrum. So like painting, music, contemporary, everything um, for uh, Pacifica artists around the country. And in an awesome, awesome, awesome result, women really dominated it up this year. They really, they really took it home, which is so awesome to see. Yeah, uh, some of the big winners on the night, like the Pacific Tour Award, which went to Lavinia Lovo. Uh, she's a young Samoan and Tongan uh, rangatahi, a wheelchair user, and credits her tenacity and perseverance to the determination of her parents to raise her to not accept the limitations of her disability. Uh, she said she's been drawn to Pacific Arts since a young age as it enabled her to communicate through movement and dance what she wasn't able to communicate verbally. Congratulations to Lavinia. Also one of the winners of the Pacific Contemporary Artist Award, which recognizes a Pacifica artist who has demonstrated artistic innovation in their arts practice, went to Katrina Losia, uh, Iosia, uh, the Nuean multidisciplinary artist with a materiality-based background who has received global recognition as a prominent figure in augmented reality. Isn't that cool? It's huge. Imagine getting an award for, like, augmented reality. You'd be like, yeah. A new way in, too. That's like, awesome. that's huge. During the Wayan Language Week. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but the big award for us, very, 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 very exciting, is the Emerging, Emerging, Emerging Pacific Artist Award, which went to Liao, who is literally one of my favourite local musicians. Hmm. Um, they're based sort of here and in the islands, and they go back and forth, but uh, Liao is like indie rock with this like massive, like it's super island twist, like mm. it's super island inspired. Like people, when I remember when they first came out with music um, and we're listening to it on Music 101, we were like, I've never heard anything like this before. Like this is incredible. Um, and everyone was saying a flying nun had a office in Samoa, this is the music that they would be publishing. <laughs> like, has, I think Liao was genuinely a genius. Mm. So it's really awesome to see them just get that recognition and get that support because, like, there is no one making music like Liao's making. Mm. And um, I've been following Liao for ages. I'm a big fan. Um, so I was really excited to see that. Shout out to Liao. But Butty. We're 12 days out from what I now know is your favorite day of the year it's the best day of the year it's halloween baby halloween it is the best night of the year because it combines every single thing that i like number one it is spooky number two that means it's a bit emo number three you can wear anime stuff you can just cosplay and it's fine and then number four like everyone's partying really hard and you get to wear like a slutty little outfit like it is the best night of the year Mm. there is no better night i love it i look forward to it desperately uh, but it is also a stressful time because as someone who loves Halloween that much, I don't want to be in a crap outfit. I want to look amazing at this party. I want to show up and be like, I care about Halloween more than you because I probably do. But, you know, I'm a bigger gal. 
you know i got to order stuff in time i got to mm. come up with what my hilarious amazing beautiful anime both emo outfit is going to be and then i got to find all this and got to order them on time and um it's it's been stressful and i'm very upset to report that the big party i was supposed to go to was cancelled so i'm now going to like four different halloween parties or probably like which is fine and it's like you know because if i can't go to the big one i'll just go find whatever best one is on mm. but i was really excited uh, for that um but do you want to know what my costume is is it Naruto? Uh, that's one of my ha- um, Halloween costumes. Nice. We actually are recording a show on Halloween, so we're going to do costumes. Whether whether everyone likes it or not, we're doing costumes. <laughs> it's happening. That's one of my costumes. So I've got a Naruto cosplay. Let's pull out um, every year. I've always got Sailor Moon. That's just a classic. Um, but this year, I will be going as Raven from Teen Titans. Nice. Pretty slay. Yeah. And my boyfriend will either go as Beast Boy, Cyborg, or Robin, depending on how he feels. Um, I think you should go as Beast Boy because I think that's funny. And also Raven and Beast Boy are like a thing. Mm. And they've got that really awesome song from like the new Teen Titans where he's like, it's like oh, a really good song. Right. I like it you. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so I'm really pumped about that. Uh, what are your Halloween vibes? What do you get up to? Don't do Halloween. Girl, what? Hollanders in. Love Jesus. Yeah, but what? Don't are, love I, but Halloween. that's the it's other Zoom. thing I love about Halloween. I have no idea what it's about. I have no clue what the original intention of Halloween is. Like I don't, and I don't care. I don't know. It's just like church is just like it's a demon's day. Demon's so we day. just never did it. Even though like my dad wasn't like a particular like church goer growing up, we just didn't do Halloween and like I never really got because I, I, I dropped out of school so young, I didn't really go to high school parties. Oh man. So like I've just never been a Halloween person. I I did used to love that when we were bouncing, I used to spray paint Punisher t-shirts. Because then, like, you, it was, we were just wearing a black T-shirt with our normal unit dress yeah. pants. So it was kind of like, it was the closest thing you could do to dressing up on Halloween. On the Punisher! Yeah, so yeah. that's always an easy one. But I, I probably won't do anything. I'm just not, like, a Halloween person. And I just don't like buying clothes that I'm only going to wear once. Well, as I, as I just mentioned, I've kept all... I, I've got all my costumes. I mm. even have a backup costume in my drawer at work in case there's yeah, a costume do. party... Um, at, you know, unexpectedly, uh-huh. and also it was for if I wanted to dress up for Halloween and no one else was dressed up, I could give them a costume. But we're gonna do costumes on Halloween. You're Sorry, gonna, Dad. You're gonna wear the. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. But it's really good. It's gonna be really good. I'm, I'm so pumped. Win. I love Halloween. All right, that is uh, that is all the time we have for today's show. Thank you for tuning on in. Um, long weekend ahead of us, Labor Weekend, or shall soon to be renamed National, National weekend. weekend. Yeah, I forgot we had a long weekend, so I'm pumped. It was like a little special surprise. Yeah, it's like when you forget you have leftovers in the fridge, and you're like, <gasps> mm. it was like that. Like, ah, I get Monday off. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I yeah, plans. I don't. I don't go away for long weekends. I know, like when I get older and I have children, or probably. But for now, I'm just like, I'm just gonna stay home, save my money. Yeah, I'm probably just gonna sleep. And also, can I just say, as a born and raised Aucklander, long weekends were the best time to be in Auckland because no one's here. Yeah. It like when you used to be able to park on Queen Street, it was like I'm just gonna drive into town. And I'm just going to park roadside, bro. I'm going to park in front of, like, Smith & Coe's. I can't afford anything there, but I can park for free there, and I'm just going to walk. Like, it was the coolest thing ever. It's like, just I unheard do... of. It's unheard yeah, of. Yeah, I just love the idea of, like, staying here over the long weekend. Everyone's gone, and I just get to enjoy this great city. I think um, it's funny because I 
often leave for a long weekend mm. and trying to get in or out of Auckland or Wellington on a long weekend. Oh my gosh, it's not even worth wherever you end up. It's not even worth it. Like yeah. trying to get out of Wellington. This is pre-transmission gully, by the way, people. Pre-transmission gully, nightmare. Mm. You're sitting in traffic for like seven hours just to get to Waikanae. <laughs> like it's just not worth it. Just go to the hut. Whatever, have a holiday in the hut. Staycation. A holiday in the hut. I actually think that'd be quite fun. There's quite a lot to do. Uh, you can bike really by the you. river. You can bike in Eastbourne. You can go to the mall. You can go to the Douse Museum if it's open. You can... I'm running out of stuff. I really need you to interrupt. You can get on the train. You can... There's heaps to do in the hut. It's a lot of Really selling it to me, Evie. What can you do in Auckland over the label? He can... Park on Queen Street. No, can't, <laughs> can't even not. drive down Queen Street, dude. I got so confused the other night. I like incidentally drove in a bus lane and then took a turn up a one-way road. Oh, like, God. dude, like, like, it's that weird in between of infrastructure where we don't have public transport there yet, but we can't drive our cars there. Yeah, yet. it's honestly though, it's been nice. Like Queen Street is coming back to life a little bit. Mm. Like for those who don't know, like it wasn't looking great post-COVID, a lot of closed stores, not a lot of people around. Mm. Now it's like, it's hustling and bustling. Like, me and Waimaridangi were down there a while ago, and like, it was midday. Mm. Girl, there were people all over the show. Mm. I was like, wowee, welcome back, everybody. Um, good to see us. <laughs> but yeah, you can't park there. Don't you can't park there, dude. It's like, I parked up on K Road the other day, and I paid $40 for two hours of parking. Oh, I, I parked on K Road the other day, but I don't remember that I paid. But I would never park illegally, so I must have. I must be remembering wrong. Anyway, that is all it's the been time. A great show. Thank you for tuning on in. Hey, happy New Way in Language Week. Hope you enjoy your long weekend. And until we see you next time, we say Tolfa Soi for and see you next Tuesday. Carist of Keats. Carist of Keats. <laughs>